Welcome to the Bobcast Podcast. I have the monitor really loud, and the intro music just scared me to pieces. And it scared me to pieces, and I'm not even don't even have the headphones on. I'm sorry, I'm deaf now. What? <laughs> that was. That was I loud. said you owe me hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, it's in that can. <laughs> Uh, hey everybody, welcome. Um, I'm Don, and I'm Scott. We are continuing our drive through the Old Testament. I, my wife said that we should have some kind of like tagline. So, this is Don and Scott with the Bakesh Podcast of reading the old T. One, you know me. Uh, we flew through chapter eight, and now we are in chapter nine. I and think that is the only yeah. book that we've done in one, or the only chapter we've done in one week. I think you're right. I don't think, even the first ones were like, oh yeah, we'll hit this one an entire week, and no. Uh, I just came to you, I was like, mm-hmm. hey, we're starting chapter nine, uh, I think we could probably get through, and you're like, no. Actually, I don't know if we did make it through eight and one. I think we made it um, eight, one through three, when Keith was here. And you're then, right. I'm looking at you, you're right? So it we was didn't. Four through end. Yep. Uh, so never mind. Okay, so we still have not successfully made it through a chapter in a week. Nope. Yeah. So maybe tonight's the night, but but you you already I'm put doubt sure. on that. So I did put I'm doubt not on sure. that. Usually, actually, but usually I'm the one that's like, oh yeah, we'll get through it in the week, and and you're like, no, we won't. But this time you're like, maybe we'll get through it in a week, and I was like, no, no, we probably won't. Wait. We probably won't. I don't know. Probably I don't know. not. I had high hopes, but then Maybe. I started looking back over my notes. And I'm like, well, <laughs> we could talk a bit about verse one. <laughs> yeah. We, verse we, we, one and two is pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the whole thing, I was like, ooh, way excited about I mean, it. Pr- pretty easy for discussion, <clears throat> I guess. Although with my new Bible, I had way too much fun, like more so than usual. <laughs> I got like this four colored pen. Oh yes, I saw that. I it, it didn't dawn on me. That's how you made the the writing. Oh yeah. So so we're proponents of writing in your Bible. Um, to take notes. So we both actually now have the same Bible. I got mine from an internet stranger um, who uh, was appreciative of some work I do on a Reddit forum. So <laughs> now that I just creeped out half the listeners, yes, I'm one of those internet guys. Uh, but no, a nice, a very nice guy uh, sent me the wide ESV wide margin mm-hmm. is that what it's called? Yep. Is that the official? I don't know what it's called. That's what it was. Uh, something like that. Um, he got it. I'm gonna look it up really quick. He got it at the Westminster Bookstore for uh, open box Bible sale. Mm-hmm. And then Scott has been telling me that he wanted one for a while, and uh, I sent him a, a link to it because it was like fifty percent off. Mm-hmm. So let me get the name. Of it. And so my wife for Christmas bought me this Bible. Say it. Allowed me to buy me the... Okay, fine. So originally she bought me a margin, like this wide margin Bible. It was like the women, she loves you Bible or something like that. But it was... You sound like you're like kind of bad. (laughs) It's a women, uh, she loves you Bible, you know. Some some girl Bible. Yeah, it was was the audience was primarily women. Yes, yeah. But it had wide margins. Right. So. And and it was one of those the translation wasn't the one I was looking for ESV so like so I was like all right well tell you what I'll, I'll return this one and then you can buy the other one and say it's from me I was like perfect so Don told me about this one and my my wide margin Bible came and oh I've had so much fun and writing in my wide margins with different colored pen and so so the name of it for anybody listening we get no money off of this so I have no affiliate link so you can drop a thank you. For telling you about this amazing Bible, or you could just give us an honest five-star rating on iTunes. I'm good with that. Um, or retweet us or Wait, something. Five-star five is the highest, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Not a 10. <laughs> We're just making sure that... <laughs> so I got to hit that average. No. Um, give, us a, give us a rating or give us a retweet if you buy this Bible and realize it's awesome. It is the Wide Margin Reference Bible... English Standard Version. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, mine was uber cheap. I want to say it was in the mid to upper 20 range and the open box sale at the Westminster Bookstore. But you can do that online. You can get it. It's like WTSbooks.com, I think. You might want to double check that with the great Google. Scott got his 50% off from the same people, right? 30 bucks. So 30 bucks. Um, it gives you... I would say an inch margin on both sides of the page uh, to write. It's got some decent room to underline under the text. 
And of course, it's got like a little section of all the cross references down in the uh, corner of each page. And it's the ESV text. By, uh, the copyright's 2014. So I'm assuming that's what they're still using the 2014 or I think it's the 2011 ESV text. I mean, considering so uh, the, the uh, Old Testament is, is slightly older than, slightly, you know, what, 2018, 2004 years. Um, I don't know if the the tr- <laughs> uh, if the uh, words have changed much. Well, there's that. There are some there's some people that got a little upset over a revision to the translation in the 2016 or 17. I feel like I'm buying a car, and not a Bible. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I just looked at the. <laughs> okay, so um, mine brand new was like eighty nine ninety nine. Oh wow! So you can buy them. On sale for fifty, uh, you can get your version for forty-two. But just be on the lookout for the WTS Open Box Bible or the fifty percent off. They run that all the time. Uh, or just do a search for like Westminster Book Code. It won't be prime shipping. You're gonna have to wait a week, ten days to get it. Okay, they're not quick shippers. Yeah, but <laughs> you, if you are looking for a readable Bible that you can take tons and tons of notes in. I very, very much stand by this one. Um, Scott is obviously happy as like a preschooler making mud pies over here. Seriously, like this week as I was studying, I was like, oh, oh. And uh, I mean, I enjoy studying scripture anyway, but like it was even harder to pull me away with my pretty colored pen and wide margins. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess that's enough of the plug for the... (laughs) So Crossway, you owe us. You owe us Crossway. Um, maybe someday we'll get enough listeners that we could do like a giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you would like that someday, once again, give us some ratings on iTunes, re Facebook, share our post or whatever. I might have forever stamps, so I mean I might not be able to write a nice note or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Here's your giveaway: a nice note from Don and Scott yeah. but with me, my forever uh, stamp. So, so someday when we're a big boy podcast. <laughs> We'll give away one of these Bibles. Until then, you're on your own. <laughs> we'll give away the 50% off code when we find it. We'll send you a picture of our Bibles. Yeah. And maybe with my pretty colored writing. Actually, I'm probably the only one that can read it. You know what? I'm just going to... I've got some bad writing. I, I can edit this. WTSbooks.com. I'm going to see if they have any sales going on. Okay. Of so course, by the time anyone hears this, it won't matter. Yeah, I was going to say, wait a second. We're <laughs> uh, that, that, that's not going to help anybody. So you're gonna listen to it and be spring like that Bible won't be for sale. But <laughs> that Bible isn't sold anymore. Uh, they got it for thirty six bucks right now. Oh, full disclosure: this is four weeks ago, <laughs> <laughs> eight weeks ago, whatever. Yeah, so. and, and and you will probably yeah. And depending if you listen to us right away and you're not catching up, it could be a year later. Yeah, that's true. So, all right, so we <sighs> can't guarantee pricing, but. <laughs> We can guarantee that uh, chapter 19 of Deuteronomy has lasted... Chapter the, nine, uh, 9, 9. What did I say? Just, you said 19. Oh, we are nowhere near chapter 19. Uh, we're 10 chapters away. Yeah, you might want to actually edit that part, because someone's going to be like, chapter 19, I just missed all of those. They're going to go back, look into this site, like, where is that? So, chapter 9. Yeah. Um, so, with that, we're going to um, attempt reading chapter 9, um, verse 1 through 6. Uh, the only hard word is a knock, right? Uh, yeah, there's actually there is one in there that a knocking. <laughs> yeah, I, I was reading that, going, oh man, we're back to the hard words. Yeah, go ahead and read, man. One uh, verses one through six, we'll start out with and fire in the hole. Good deal. Good deal. I got you. Yes, good deal. Here, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today to go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than you, cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall, the sons of the Anakim, whom you know and of whom you have heard it said, who can stand before the sons of Anak? Know therefore today that he who goes over before you as a consuming fire is the Lord your God. He will destroy them and subdue them before you. So you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly as the Lord has promised you. Do not say in your heart after the Lord your God has thrust them out 
before you. It is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess this land, whereas it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you. Not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart are you going in to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God is driving them out from before you, and that he may confirm the word that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stubborn people. I think that's a good cutoff point. Wait, where'd you... Oh, you read through six, right? Is that what you said? Yep. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yep. sorry. Okay. I, so, my, I was reading seven, and you stopped, and I was like, that's not what it says. Oh, yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> so, hero Israel... We got that one again. That's, so that's the attention getter, <laughs> right? So here, I guess we listen, we hear, and then we're responding to action. So what, what kind of action is he calling us to? Yeah. So if you re, if you listen to our um, prior podcast, especially on the the Shema, uh, that's chapter six. Yeah, uh, I just posted that today. If that tells you how far. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the uh, the here there is like you said, it's it, there's the suggested action. It's not just a you know, it's not just what, like if you've ever been on a subway and they tell you to like watch your step mm-hmm. or like in uh, England, it's like mind the gap so mm-hmm. you don't fall and hurt yourself. It's not just that. It's not like a attention shoppers. There's a sale and then you tune out. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a straight up, hey, hero Israel with everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So not just listen. There's your but recap. You're responding. <laughs> So hero Israel. So okay, we hear, but but what's what, what what's he asking us to do? Uh, well, <coughs> this uh, verse one right here. There's a there's a immediate or an eminence of to what they're about to do. Uh, there's an excitement building. You could almost see this as a uh, I don't want to call it a pep rally, but you could kind of see it like a pep rally. Okay, you got the people. You're telling them what's going on. You're kind of building them up. Uh, and letting him know today is the day you're going to cross the Jordan, but you're also stressing the importance of what's going on, which could you imagine if you are um, in the assembly listening to all 49 chapters, or whatever, <laughs> 40 chapters of do What is it, 39? Uh, How many chapters? We, I thought we addressed that Which last week. Times. I don't remember. It's like 30 something. Okay, yes, 35. Oh, I went to Joshua. It this is, is exciting podcast. 34. Yeah, so, you know, you're there 34 chat listening to this for 34 chapters. Like, I know it, Moses, let's cross <laughs> the Jordan. Like, I'm ready, let's do it. But he's, he's also kind of, like I said, he's kind of slowing him down a little bit here. He's saying, hey, hero Israel, you need to know when you cross the Jordan, there's going to be a lot of trials and... Uh, you know, a lot of work ahead of you. This isn't like you're going to cross and it's going to be uh, super smooth sailing. Well, they messed it up last time. They got scared and just chose not to go over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Remember, there's big people there and <laughs> right. you're going to have to attack them. Because, no, well, yeah, he makes it pretty... Because verse two, I put, it seems kind of impossible and I put crazy in really big words. Um, and, and that would be the green pen I used this time. Oh, I think you said that'd be the green <laughs> But greater and mightier than you, cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall. So, so, so really, like they're they're not. Uh, God's going, yeah, you're going to go over and cross the Jordan, and by the way, here's what you're dealing with. Right. Um, and, and I mean, he even says, you, you've even heard who can stand before the sons of Anak. I mean, the, the, these are the people that they're going against um, when, when they're asking to to cross over the Jordan. It's not just like. The smooth sailing, it's going to be right. an easy task. Now, this is the people that everyone's afraid of. By the way, you're going to go take their land. Yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely uh, mm. um, Yeah, a, an uphill battle, so to speak. Yep. Uh, but then we get into, is it verse 3? Uh, verse 3, yep. Yeah, it, it says, Know therefore today that he who goes over before you as a consuming fire is the Lord your God. He will destroy them and subdue them before you. So you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly as the Lord has promised you. So, yeah, there's a big work to do here. There's a big trial to do here. There's a, you know, it's going to seem, you know, impossible. But what you should know is that God is going to go before you and basically do all the work for you. He's, he's with you and he's going to drive out your enemies 
for you. Um, that's a a big piece. It, it's something similar to like what we've got to look at now as Christians, how we have to live our day, is that, yeah, the battles and the war are won. We, we find out in Revelation that the war is over. Like, Jesus is victor. It's, it's finished. It's complete. But that doesn't mean that we get completely separated out of the battle. It doesn't mean that just because, you know, I don't mean to bore you as you yawn. <laughs> uh, it doesn't mean uh, just because Christ has victory that we have nothing to do, that we have no part to play, that we have no, uh, that we are no longer useful tools in God's plan as it unveils itself all the way up to that point. Um, here it's very, like I said, Moses is kind of stating something similar, like, hey, it, there's trials ahead of you. God's going to win those trials, but there's also that remember, you, you're part of that work. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, and you have a God that's, that's powerful enough to take care of them. I mean, we're going to see plenty of trials and plenty of things every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's how is it that, what perspective do we look at it? Yes, they seem crazy. Um, yes, they seem almost impossible. Um, but here's the God that you're dealing with. And, and I think you use the word remember mm-hmm. is, well, well, we need to continue to remember what kind of God you're dealing with, you know, a God that can, that can handle those things. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. I think it's the biggest part is to <clears throat> put God in the place that he is and not in the position you, you might think he's in. Mm-hmm. So to remember that God is big, God is powerful. He, I love the imagery here, man. He's like, he goes before you as a consuming fire. So I was in California. When was the when was the Summer Olympics? Two years ago. E, well, yeah, because if we got the Winter Olympics this year, then yeah, yeah, depending on when you get this podcast. Oh, yes, depending <laughs> on when you uh, hear this podcast. In 2016, I was, I was in the Inland Empire in California, which is like near the shore where all the good weather is. Mm-hmm. I was like in words a few miles. I was in uh, gosh, was it? It was a Fullerton, California. Um, it's, you know, one of those 110 degree daytime temperatures, but hey, it was a dry heat. Um, I was by two fires uh, that happened. The first fire they contained really quickly and <clears throat> took care of it. It only burned like a million acres. The second one was a little bit more crazy than that. Um, when you think of a consuming fire, it's hard if all you've ever seen is a campfire. Because you put a log on the fire and it takes like an hour for that sucker to melt, not melt down, listen, it's metal, <laughs> to, to burn down and to become ashes and... Uh, so you add another log on the fire or you debate, like, am I going to be out by the fire that long or should I just let this one smolder and end so I don't have to guard it anymore? But when you see a, a forest fire happen, everything has no chance. Like water barely has a chance. Flame, like retardant chemicals and all that barely have a chance. So think of God as a consuming fire. If all you have in your frame of reference is like a candle or a fire in a fireplace, it's not a whole lot. But if you see like, a forest fire absolutely decimate an area to where nothing is left standing. And it doesn't go in, it it goes in without prejudice. It doesn't say like, I'm going to let this house stay and I'm going to, you know, burn this one to the ground. It's a obliterating force. Wow. And just to, just to think of God as that force of like, Hey, I I can go in there indiscriminately and just upend a whole nation like a consuming fire. It's a powerful image. So if you get a chance, you know, go onto YouTube and just take a quick like search for like, you know, wildfire, California wildfire or something like that and see the destruction that it can do. And then try and think that like God is a bajillion times more powerful. That's a real number uh, more <laughs> powerful than that. And we do not encourage you to start your own. We encourage you to yeah, look d- at YouTube. Yeah. This is not the time. <laughs> like, Object lesson kids. We're going to burn down the neighborhood. No, no, <laughs> just YouTube. All right. <laughs> Um, uh, the, uh, the only other part is like he will destroy them and subdue them before you so you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly as the Lord has promised you so that um, I think that image is kind of in, in um, it, it does your description of a wildfire justice as you were describing consuming fire that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the image that you gave us was that was that idea of destroying and subduing and perishing quickly, you know? Yeah. And and the idea that once again, it shows that I'm going to go in there and do the heavy lifting, but you're going to come in and do your part afterwards. It's not that God couldn't take out these guys without 
Israel, but he chooses to use them as his tools. The same way, and that's what I was kind of saying before, he chooses to use us as his tools. So Christ is victory. He's got it. He wins in the end. We read it. The Bible makes no you know, bones about it. it. In Revelation, Christ is on the throne. He wins in the end. Um, but he chooses along the way, along that path between now and his return to use us as his tools. And I think that we definitely see a very nice, clear picture of that in verse 3. Mm-hmm. Christ doesn't have to, Jesus doesn't have to use us to destroy his enemies or to, to claim victory over this world. He already has it, but he chooses, you know, to use us as his tools. Right. Wow. So, um, I guess four through six. Um, oh, is your pal? You got the headphones on, like I was, I'm I was intently looking at, the, looking at the waves again. They, they, it, for those who don't know, sorry, you're like, hey, we're deep into this. Finally, <laughs> after six minutes of talking about Bibles, I'm not going to buy. He's, um, we had to replace our microphones, and so the waves are a little bit different when I record them. So sometimes I just get worried. Oh, okay. So sorry, every, everything's fine, okay. and I'm just surprised. Sweet. All right, let's <laughs> so, let's keep it that way. All right, these, these mics are pretty rocking for twenty like bucks. Them. Yeah, amen. So, don't, don't don't let them know that we're cheap. I mean, a twenty dollar down payment <laughs> on. Uh, Hey, look, if you want to start your own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, it says, do not say in your heart. Um, And and I'm kind of going back to to kind of how heart was referenced, um, at least earlier in in Deuteronomy. It's it's kind of seen as the, it's not always kind of what we think about it. It's the seat of the intellect, um, will, and intention. When you think of your heart, um, your heart shapes your character, your choices, and your decisions. Um, and, and so it's, it's all the, also the center of the human being as a moral agent. So as we're talking so, about, so we would say in these, this day and age, don't think to yourself, right? Like as opposed, cause the heart has just a little bit, it's, this is not an emotional this necessarily. is this is your thoughts. This is your intellect. This yeah. is your your decision making part of your body, um, which is kind of different than than kind of what we think of when we think of heart. It says, "Do not say in your heart after the Lord your God has thrust them out." So they've thrust them out. They've been successful. Um, that it is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess this land, whereas it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you. Again, not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart are you going in to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations. And so, so God continues to really go back to, it's, it's, it's not you, it's, it's, you know, don't let that pride, well, I think even that he's addressing it, he realizes yeah, it's pretty easy for us as humans to kind of slip back into into that pride. Yeah, these are the mic drop verses. Yeah, absolutely. And then he's like, the <laughs> reason... If you drop a mic, we can replace them for 20 bucks. Absolutely, no, but I'm sorry. not going to... Because 20 bucks is a big deal. Yeah, actually, for <laughs> um, It says, it's your Lord, your God is driving you out before you, um, and that he, may con- that he may confirm that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he's like, the reason you're being saved is, is because of a promise that I've already made, and I fulfill my promises. Um, so so I, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. But, but one, of the th- one of the questions I got to asking is, well, is God cruel? Like, it, why, why, is, why is God choosing to destroy an entire nation because of their wickedness? Like, shouldn't God just stay out of it? Like, I don't know. These were kind of the questions that, that I was going through, or and not, not I guess me in particular, but I think questions that that when when I think Old Testament, or when people think Old Testament, and we talk, they're like, "That is such a mean, cruel God that would go ahead and, and destroy a group of people because you know just to destroy an entire group of people." I mean, that's that's harsh. That that's mean. That that's judgmental. I mean, how can you worship a God like that? And and so I, I uh, I'll tell you my thoughts later. But Don, what what is kind of your response? This is to, not uh, in the show prep. <laughs> <laughs> what what is your response to this cruel, mean God that that supposedly um, the Old Testament likes to communicate? Um, I like to defer to uh, I call him Paul the Apostle. Oh, okay. Um, Wait. Oh, did, did did he like write something in the New Testament? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We've so there's two parts of your Bible. That this is the other. So we're on the where we don't have a lot of pages on the left. This okay. is where you have a lot of pages uh, on the left. Like oh, got it. Okay. Pages oh, got it. Okay. Um, is it Corinth? 
Corinthians, one or two Corinthians, um, where he discusses that we are basically uh, the clay and he's the potter and he creates some vessels for wrath and some for righteousness. And it's very hard for me to necessarily question God's sovereignty and the choices that he chooses to make. Um, so that's my cop-out answer. Okay. Uh, I get a little deeper in that with, <clears throat> if you read through Job, um, that's basically how the question and answer goes. So who creates the lions that hunt God? Who creates the scavengers that clean up after the lions hunt? God, you, you know, mm-hmm. who creates the snow? God, who is it that judges a man's heart? God, so on and so forth. And then the follow-up is always, who are you to question the one who can hook the Leviathan? You know, who are you the one who can, uh, who are you to question the one who can tame the behemoth? You know, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So um, my, my, my immediate cop-out answer because of lack of show prep is that <laughs> I am the clay, he's the potter, he is sovereign, he can do what he wants. Um, my slightly more in-depth, it refers back to what I said kind of at the beginning of the chapter, is that we're looking at a victory that's won. If you read the whole Council of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, there is a story of a God who is in the end victorious, and he has a plan to get from point A to point Z, which is from creation to uh, victory and how that plays out. So once again, I guess it's still a punt, Mm -hmm. deferring onto he's God and... I don't get to make the decisions of w- how he deals with the wicked. Um, there's tons and tons of grace in my life because I am the wicked and God has chosen not to like blot me out on, you know, from the face of the earth. But for whatever reason, these uh, specific people groups are obviously not in God's plan for redemption, but since I babbled on a long time, Mr. I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, what do you got? Well, which is kind of a, uh, to, we, we, Don led you to believe that we actually have show prep. That's funny. We do. Um, we talk about what chat, what verses we're going to try and get through. And then what happens if we get through those? And we, still <laughs> we don't so, talk a whole lot. No. So it was pretty much when we started the podcast, we're like, well, let's just study the Bible and let's talk about it. And we love to talk about it. Let's record it and hope people listen. Um, and, and it goes a little bit deeper than that, but, uh, so that's, yeah, that's, we, we that's kind of other stuff. We do. <laughs> <laughs> so no, we, yeah, but, uh, back to the text or whatever. Um, I just really, I guess, and I guess this is where my wife is like, I wish I had like your faith when things are going bad. And I'm like, I don't know if it's really faith or if it's just me, like in my mind separating, like, okay, God is sovereign over the situation. What am I to do? Mm-hmm. What if he chooses the hardest of paths for me here? Um, yeah, I'll scream at the sky. You know, I'll pull the, you know, shake my fist, and I will uh, be in danger of uh, Jobian-like blasphemy. But when the dust settles, God willing, in most cases, in all cases so far that I've been through, I don't... I don't question it be, mm-hmm. to a great extent. I do ask why in the beginning. I do seek his comfort in the end. Okay. But it's a, that's my reformed cop-out, I okay. guess you'd say. This, that's my unfeeling, I don't have emotions, <laughs> frozen chosen. <laughs> so what do, what do you got, man? What do you think? Um, so my, my thing was, okay, so my, my question was, well, is this a moral issue? And I said, Absolutely. Um, and then I was like, well, God establishes the morality. Shut up, Don Scott. <laughs> right. Sorry, go on. So, so <laughs> then I, they go, okay, well, this in the, is this cruel? And then I, I put, well, well, no, not really. Um, it's actually not cruel at all. Because when we think of our, our current world and our current state, there's certain issues that you will have lots of people or America think that they're being the moral protective agents of the world. Mm-hmm. And we go throughout the world um, bringing our own morality to the world, saying that, well, here's the mistreatment that they're doing to their own country, and we jump in. Sometimes that involves killing. 
Um, And so you're talking like, okay, well, this is happening in North Korea. This is happening in this country. This is happening in Russia. I mean, right now you go, I mean, some things that that you're like, well, this is a decision. This is against human rights or you're not giving them this freedom of, uh, I mean, even. We we have human rights foundations. Oh, yeah. You know, try and get the attention of politicians in an effort to have U.S. intervention. Right. And we go, well, this, you know, this, uh, I'm going to bring this up just because it just came to mind. You have people going, well, this country isn't allowing homosexuality. We need to do something. And it's like, well, (laughs) that's that's kind of a lame reason to go over and, and intervene as a country because they're not allowing that. And you're saying, well, here's human rights and in these things that, that are being violated, we need to step in and do something. And when we think of the group of people that God is telling them to drive out, they're getting into a whole lot worse stuff than some of the things that, that America and or, or other countries some are of the saying. Frivolous things that we stand up. Yeah, are saying are human so, rights so issues. To, to be clear, really quick, just to state, I don't want to get on a big giant conversation about this. Uh, both Scott and I believe that homosexuality is a sin, um, and you will not find us standing up for uh, any of those rights in other countries. So there goes half our audience. Okay. Um, but all that to to say before somebody's like, wait a minute, Scott was it. That's not what we were saying at all. No, no. Um, What we're, what we're trying to point out is that we get involved in more frivolous, uh, issues and right. Then what we like, so it's one thing for North Korea, which is starving their own people to death. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that is a human rights violation. But like, you know, not, you know, allowing, you know, gay marriage, we would put on the edges of frivolity. Right. Needing clean water. <laughs> that's a serious human rights mm-hmm. violation. Um, it, maybe not allowing a people group to vote. It's wrong, but it's not something that we should necessarily be getting up in arms about. Right. Or and, because they don't allow, you know, marijuana to be legal or whatever, you know, stuff and, like that. And and there's very frivolous stuff that we take bigger that we take just as big of action against. Mm-hmm. And and these these can these these group of people that that God is telling them to go in and destroy has actually had tons and tons and tons of time to repent. And, and most people in the world would say that child sacrifice is not a good thing. Well, we're talking some child sacrifice type stuff going down with these different, these different groups of people in, in these areas. And, and child sacrifice is just one of the, the many issues that, that they're probably getting into. Yeah, we've discussed quite a bit. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, with the Canaanites and the different people groups, there's a lot of, um, like, sex trafficking rape that is involved in um, their worship practices that, like you said, child sacrifice is a big one. There were some um, that were very grotesque where you would literally lay your kid down on a burning altar for a set amount of time. And if they lived, then it was the favor of the gods. And if they died, then your, your child was cursed. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of just disgusting behavior. So yeah, it was right. Yeah, bringing it away from my cop-out answer to what's going on here. Yeah, there is uh, sanctioned genocide that is removing abhorrent evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not much different. And if not anything, it's probably more serious than some of the stuff that we'll go to war for. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think, yeah. And, and so I think then that changes the argument that most people run with is, you worship a cruel, evil God, well, wait a second. We as Americans or as a country go, well, we need to go take care of these issues. And really, those issues that we usually get involved in are very minor in comparison to the things that some of these groups of people were doing and participating in. And so as I thought through that argument that, that that I've heard many times used, I'm like, well... Then, then that means that you can't argue if, if if you see this type of stuff going on because you have a problem with it. But but God's dealing with that injustice and that immorality. And I mean, we many people say, well, we need to deal with this injustice and morality. 
or immorality, but it's very different and much lesser than what God's dealing with here in the Old Testament. Now, you might be wondering something like, hey, what if what if I'm a pacifist, or where is there room for like Christian pacifism? So I don't believe in violence being an answer. I believe maybe in uh, legislation, or I believe in, uh, you know, more peaceful, maybe protesting or volunteering on mission groups or, or whatever happens to be. Um, I like to answer that with the like, por qué no los dos? Like, why can't we have both? Um, I think that there are Christians that are called to combat, that are called to armed services, that are called to be militant. Um, they are called to uh, fight for those that can't be, you know, or they can't defend themselves. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're there to pull the trigger or to restrain evil in a physical fashion. And I believe that there are others that are called to a peaceful existence. And I think that both of those that, I guess, like, I don't want to use the word dichotomy because it's not really, but kind of the dichotomy in Christianity is that there will be peacemakers that do not, uh, you know, march with the sword. And we see very good examples of that with David. Um, God blessed David despite David's sin. God loved David. He called him a man after his own heart. But he also restricted David's involvement, and this is King David, and you read his story in First, Second Samuel, part of the King, First Kings. Um, you, you get God putting a block on him, saying, "You cannot build my temple because you're a man of war." But he, in no time during David's life was he like, you know, quit cutting off the foreskins of the Philistines, bro. You, you know, he, as far as we know, sanctioned David's wars in many, many occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, however, <coughs> Solomon, who was supposed to be more peaceful, inevitably ended up not, um, was the man who was supposed to be called more to peace, uh, was allowed to build God's temple. Mm. So I, I see there's there's places in the scripture where both are possible. And we're looking at a place where God is calling a people group to come in and with a sword. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and some people go, well, isn't that judgmental? Well, I mean, don't we judge people for their actions? You know, whether you um, are on either side of... You're about to get me on my soapbox. Go on. Oh. Um, whether you're on either side of the argument of, of, okay, we'll just say since homosexuality is brought up, if you're on either side of that argument, then, then, then don't you judge in some way. Yeah. Um, when, when it comes to abortion, don't, don't you make a judgment call or judge a group of people for decisions that they make? Well, well yeah, that's judgmental. And God but, is ultimately... Yeah, you don't even have to go that far. The moment you find out a friend, neighbor, family member... <clears throat> is a Democrat, a lot of times you immediately say uh, they're pro-choice, they're pro-gay uh, equality, mm-hmm. they're pro-regulative uh, government. You know, like you can kind of go right. down the list and you've auto- automatically thrown a judgment onto that person based on a political label they might throw mm-hmm. out there. And and so so here I'm going to go back and, and and get back to this judgmental thing. Sorry. No, no, you're good. So so that judgment happens, but in all reality, God doesn't spend a lot of time in this part of Deuteronomy judging those people. In fact, this really is the only place um, in Deuteronomy nine uh, nine through at least ten one through eleven that God actually brings up the other group's wickedness because, spoiler alert, and I don't know if we're going to get there today, but God spends the rest of the time pointing out Israel's sin, not the yeah. Canaanite sin. So, so really, who does he judge? He's actually not judging that group of people. No, Most, no he's already passed his judgment on that. Right. Most of what God's doing is, is saying, look, you can't go ahead and say it's because you have no pride in this situation. You can't say it's because of your lack of wickedness, because here's all the things that prove otherwise. Here's that he ends with that stubborn people. He then spends the rest of the time saying, well, here's why you're that stubborn people. So, so God doesn't even spend a lot of time saying, well, here's what they're doing. It's, it's, here's what you're doing as my people. Here's your sin and here's your wickedness. It's a promise that I'm fulfilling. And if we go spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert, later on in the Old Testament, he actually does very similar things to Israel just as much as he does to this group of people. So yeah, he scatters them, right. and many of them are slaughtered, split up, uh, 
Babylonians come in and just decimate Israel. Mm-hmm. Assyrians. Yeah. Oh man. And was it the Assyrians or Neo Assyrians? Um, we the, need you, Doctor Fudge. I can't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> um, ancient Near East history. Yeah, that was, that was twelve time years ago. ago. <laughs> um, they they come in and just uh, they use fear based warfare, which is gruesome. To mm-hmm. and by gruesome, I mean they would literally like pierce body parts and then tie chains onto those piercings and lead a parade of the Israelites into a town to scare people into surrendering. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was just kind of, you know, yeah. they put the heads of their enemies on a stick and raise it up in front of a city. And then they would basically learn the language of that city and shout out like, you know, you might as well surrender. We own you, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. It, there's a lot of crazy stuff they do. And you kind of see an example. I think it's a, at least in Isaiah with the Hezekiah story. That's, where what, that's what I was referring to. Yeah, the, they're trying no, to intimidate. In, it's in it's in Second Kings. Okay, it's also in Isaiah two, I think, or not yeah, Isaiah well, two, but Isaiah also. Also as well, yeah, because mm. obviously that was it. Who comes and ministers to mm-hmm. Hezekiah? Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a, it's also in Isaiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, it's probably been years since I did Isaiah, but you've been doing it recently, yeah. so I will trust your. Th- yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, I, if you if you sorry if you go on to five, he says not because of your righteousness or uprightness. So basically, like you were saying, you know, this isn't happening because you're awesome. Like, this is happening because, like, you know, like, it's my grace. It, it, mm-hmm. it turns to God's grace, not my grace. Um, not because Israel did something to be chosen. And once again, it, it comes down to uh, taking it off of the past, where we might not understand as well, and remembering that as Christians, we did nothing to be chosen by God. There is no merit that earned us. We didn't do anything to earn our salvation. It was God's choosing the same way that we got, you know, saved. And it's like that. What does a dead person do to be saved? Not a thing. Like you, mm-hmm. a dead person is revived by external forces. The same thing with the, with the Christian. We're, we're basically dead in our sin and it takes God to raise us from that death mm-hmm. through his son. Yeah, and and I, we're, we're going to see that, and you're like, well, that's New Testament stuff. Well, actually, if you read the rest of chapter 9, we're going to find out that, wait a second, that's how God actually <laughs> God continues to work in the Old Testament just like Don had described in the New Testament. And once we get further through 9, and, and I don't know if that's going to happen tonight, but um, probably not. So anyway. Um, you could probably read verse 7. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But, but actually, I like how Christopher Wright kind of explained it. He says, well, well through this, God demonstrated divine moral consistency, consistency and ultimately dealing with both groups in the same way. Um, so we, we talk about uh, a judgmental God that, that judges other people. Well, actually, he judges his own people and says, look, um, I mean, if we go earlier to Deuteronomy, you're supposed to look different and be an example to the world. And, and it's not because of your lack of wickedness that this is happening. It's because of their wickedness. Mm-hmm. And later on, we're going to see that, that it's God's people has that same wickedness. I might kind of that spoil her where, where God's like, I'll wipe them all out and I'll give you a new people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so really, in just a couple more verses, God's going to say, I'm just going to wipe them out and start over. Hey, Moses, you want to you help me out? Right. Um, <laughs> Dude, if you're Moses, you're like... I spent 40 years in the wilderness with this last group. No, no, God. <laughs> Tell you what, come on, let, let's just fix these people. Let me go die. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> I'm too old for this. Uh, <laughs> I'm not allowed to go to the promised land. Come on, just take me out now. Well, you know, I'd be, I'd be like, can we renegotiate that promised land? <laughs> Since we're talking about starting new, God, I, I didn't mean to hit that rock. <laughs> so... Um, uh, no, but I think that we can look at Israel um, constantly as a mirror for how we are now. I think that's where we we talked about this. One of the reasons we started this podcast was to talk about how do we relate to the Old Testament? Because there's so many big Hebrew words, um, people groups we don't know about. Um, there's some barbaric actions taking place that we don't understand. Dude, we gotta do judges, but we'd have to put explicit lyrics. Oh, on we that. would definitely have to do um, judges. There's some uh. stuff that we can't even read without like iTunes flagging us. Probably. <laughs> um, but uh, th- this is some of it. This is part of it. We're not righteous. There's nothing we did. Um, 
See, and then the, we see that meet what? Sorry, I'm still stuck on the judges thing. What? Do they have a children's Bible version of judges? You know, the only thing you ever see in w- judges, you may see the Deborah Barack. Is it Barack or Barack? It's not Barack Bur- Obama. No. Barack Barack. Ah, darn it. Why do we oh, have to no. have a president named Barack? <laughs> um, the, I'll sometimes see that play out because, you know, Deborah sang a song afterwards, so it's cute. Or Samson. And what, what does the picture Gideon, look like? Or Gideon and Gideon. What does the picture look like when you're like shoving a knife through a fat guy? I haven't seen Ehud. At the end, what do they do that? Ehud's running away. He's on the potty. <laughs> 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 All right, tell you what, we want to make money. Let's make a children's Bible of Judges. Sarah's the artist. <laughs> you know, I got to look through it. My son has the, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, gosh, it's like called the Action Bible. Dude, I'm going to bring that in. The what? We got to look at that. It's basically like a comic book. Um, one of the guys at my church got it for his son and my son. And we're going to read it over the summer, which we failed at. We're going to hang out with our kids and talk about mm-hmm. it. Um, I want to look and see what they because I remember my son. He's like, yeah, there's a lot of blood in it, <laughs> but I want to see how they what they portray in judges. Like, here's Samson getting his eyes poked out. <laughs> here's the prostitute being chopped up into twelve pieces. <laughs> like, like I wonder what they you know. Oh, I wonder wow. how far they went, or if they're like, you know what, let's show Gideon and because 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 that's a violent book and it's not very uh, clean. No, ju- Judges is the Dark Ages, man. Yeah, Th- think about it. All the stuff we're reading about here, uh, they cross the Jordan. They go in, in the book of Joshua, they have one successful battle. And even then, the two spies that go into Jericho have questionable morals because they spent the night at a prostitute's house. Mm. You think they just were like, hey, this looks like a nice lady. You know, like you know, there could be more to that story that's not in the scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, we can draw our own conclusions. Um, and then they get to the second battle, and Aiken already goofs up. And Aiken's like, oh, yeah, we'll just take some of the spoils for ourselves, which leads to like his family being devoured by the earth, and the Israelites losing the battle of AI, and it, they can't even make it two battles in before it's goofed up. Um, and then by the time you get to Judges, I think the intro to Judges is, and the people of Israel just did what they felt like doing all the time. Let me see if I can... Yeah, it's been a while since I've done a deeper study of Judges. Oh, judges is where I like to tell people to start their Bible reading plans. Just because? <laughs> <laughs> well, that you start with <laughs> sin. <laughs> uh, talk amongst yourselves. Uh, I'm trying to find the first You're, you're telling me to talk to myself. If I do that on air, they might put me in a, a special place. Here's the awkward the silence. I thought it was faster in the book. But basically, the, the tagline to judges, it would be like, judges, and the people did whatever they felt like doing all the time. And it's basically the tales of Israelites' descent into sinful darkness before mm-hmm. they had a king, uh, before Saul came in and things looked a little bright, and then, you know, David came in and they looked a lot bright, mm-hmm. and then Solomon came in and they are like, hey, might as well have Saul again. <laughs> I know everybody's like, Solomon, the wisest guy ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to read about him. Yeah. God was like, hey, don't split the people up for censuses and taxes. And Solomon's like, dude, we ought to split the people up for censuses and taxes, and I can get more money. Because <laughs> my house will be seven times as big as the temple. Sorry, we are in the wrong book. Yes. All right. We, we're all uh, over the Old Testament. Dude, we, we do have to do like a, uh, like a small series of podcasts like, we we could do like the story of judges in a nutshell, like one podcast, thirty minutes. Well, we could have like a scattered version of judges because like that's kind of the more. Yeah. That's not something you really want to do as like an in depth study of. Oh, you want to do as in depth study? Let's be. Well, I don't know how in depth study judges gets, but like. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, no, yeah. There, there's yeah, there's a lot into it, but I definitely think that we could do. That's another. That's right. Another. So I guess we'll discuss that offline. Yeah, or I need off. to be, that'd be <laughs> a lot of fun. So if you have any ideas on that, by the time you hear this in May, when the we've weather's already, warm again, we've already made a decision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, anything else on five and six? We're I th- I we're don't dropping think, that last. Yeah, couple I was gonna too, say so. I don't think we're gonna make it any further. So yeah. So yeah, I guess to round it, round it out to round it out, sum it up, sum it up. Round it out. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, Round up, yeah. Round it out. I don't know what you're doing. (laughs) They're getting ready to cross the Jordan. 
They're going to face a people group, a wicked people group. So there's a divine mandate uh, to destroy that people group. God's going in in front of them, still doing the work like God does, but he's going to use his people as a tool to drive them out. And then just so that they're clear, they're not really like, you know, leaps and bounds better than these people. They're still wicked. It's not that they're righteous. It's I have in here... um, uh, a quote, I don't have the person, I have it in my commentary. It is not because of legal reasons. So this isn't like contingent upon like the covenant. God didn't legally say this is what's going to happen. Um, but he's actually fulfilling the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm-hmm. He's, he, it really has nothing to do with how awesome the Israelites have been. They can't puff up their chest at this one. Right. He's actually fulfilling the promise to the forefathers originally who he originally established covenant with yep so all right well sounds good i guess that's a good place to end and yeah i'm gonna go home and read judges i <laughs> i've been trying to think of something to study outside of deuteronomy i think i i might have said in the last podcast mm-hmm. i can't remember my pastor was like so what are you reading i was like well lots of books on deuteronomy <laughs> i know that outside of it really i keep trying <laughs> but i just deuteronomy is just I, yeah it's like you see why Jesus quoted it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, there's a reason he goes back to it. And it's, it really is. It is so, I, I mean, it applies real, to, yeah. right, it applies to our day. I actually, after studying and reviewing Deuteronomy 9 this morning, I was like, you know, this really kind of applies to, to my own life, just remembering, I mean, remembering the things that God has done and, you know, just being aware of, of my own my own wickedness when I'm when I'm quick to judge or, or quick to not give God credit or or even allow pride to take over my own. I, or I saw the question posed like, "What should a Christian's reaction be if somebody cuts in front of you in line?" Mm-hmm. And like our initial reaction in most cases is indignation, mm-hmm. and you know it's even though we might not say it's, "Don't they know who I am? Mm-hmm. How dare you cut in front of me?" Right. It's like you're in traffic and somebody like. You know, they cross over in front of you just a little too close. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. That's my, I did not leave that spot for you to cross in. I did it so I wouldn't hit the guy in front of me. Who do you think you are? And it's or you could have like waved. You, Come on. Like, what? A, look yeah, what I did yeah. for you. <laughs> it's like, you sinned against me. Right. Do you know who mm-hmm. I am? It's like, and God would come in and be like, yeah, you're just wicked. Like mm-hmm. that dude in front of you who yep. cut you off. You don't have special standing because of what you've done. Right, right. So, so. All right, well, with we that... We take the wind out of your sails. <laughs> You're not special. No. By the way, I was right. <laughs> we didn't make it through. Oh, all right. Not even close. Fine. Well, I'll have to edit it to bring the music in because we still have a couple minutes left. Okay. But we'll pretend the music's fake. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for uh, listening. You can go to bodcash.podbean.com. You can go to facebook.com slash Um, You can email us, but I don't remember the email address. <laughs> Uh, So hit us up on one of those if you have any questions, ideas, or anything. Um, Even though we record these a couple weeks out, uh, we can still put things in, and we'd love to make this better for you. So, you know, hit us up, buy $20 microphones, get $30 Bibles, and start your own podcast. Wait, join us on ours. Right. Yeah. All right, right, bye. bye.